Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time now for another update on the U.S. economy. And for that, we turn to senior economic analyst for Bankrate, Mark Hamrick. Mark, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to come back on. And let's start with the jobless claims numbers that we got earlier today. What are we seeing there? What does the trend line look like? Good to be with you, Ryan. And yeah, let's sort of benchmark this for people to remind them what exactly it is that we're talking about, because there is uh, some degree of confusion out there. Not everybody is dialed into these things as uh, the two of us are. We're really talking about the government's report on the number of individuals who are filing claims for unemployment benefits, applying for unemployment benefits for the very first time. And so this is a bit of a real-time measure, or as close as we get to it, about the health of the job market reflecting Fresh job loss, layoff, job cut. The reality is that over the past 83 weeks or so during this economic downturn related to the pandemic, including a two-month-long record short recession, uh, we've had heightened unemployment benefit requests like this. And we were as high as 6.9 million very early on in the pandemic. So 6.9 million fresh applications for unemployment insurance in a single week. The good news in the latest week is we're down for our third straight week and to the lowest level since the pandemic began. So, uh, you know, this is an indication that things are continuing to improve uh, and that fresh job loss is not the issue per se for the economy right now. And that's not to belittle the impact it can have for individuals and households. You know, the one dynamic that everyone is paying real close attention to right now is this disruption within the workforce, people choosing not to return to their old jobs, looking for something different, something that fits their post-pandemic lifestyle better. What metrics can we look at to get a sense as to how all of that is unfolding? Well, I would say a couple of things. First of all, uh, we look at Labor force participation is the official statistic, as it's called, and it's in the 60, low 60 percent range. Uh, and that is down by a couple of percentage points from before the pandemic. And so, you know, even with just a couple of percentage points, when we're talking about a population as large as the U.S., um, you know, that is significant. We had more people retire during this time as well. People who might have been in a glide path toward retirement, but realized that with the stock market doing pretty well, if they had sufficient retirement savings, they said peace out <laughs> and, and called it a day. But we still have a lot of people who I think are eventually eager to get back into the labor force. That could be as many as five to 10 million people. And we have a record number of job openings uh, in recent months, uh, and and that's in the 10 to 11 million range. So that would help to address that number. And I think we'll get there, but it's going to be somewhat parallel to the supply chain constraints, the global traffic jam of the flow of goods, which is really gumming up the works in so many ways and creating inflation. I think it'll take time for the workforce to normalize and, and with the supply chain constraints as well. This is not going to happen by the end of the year, for example. 
I'm joined right now for an update on the state of the U.S. economy by senior economic analyst for Bankrate, Mark Hamrick. So those who are sitting on the sidelines right now, not re-entering the workforce just yet, are we able to tell whether or not they're collecting unemployment benefits or are they able to sit on the sidelines as they look for something else and for whatever reason, could be a variety of different reasons, they're able to afford that without needing that kind of assistance? I think it's a little of both. Uh, Fewer people are receiving any kind of unemployment benefit right now. That number is about 3 million in total. And that's come down from 30 million, so down by about 90% from the peak. And we know that the federal pandemic benefits essentially began to go away uh, you know, some months ago, depending on where someone lives, because states opted out early in many cases. Uh, and that number is only going to shrink back down to the point of being essentially having those federal programs irrelevant. And then you have the programs that are administered by all the states. And that number is about two and a half million right now. That's the total number of individuals receiving unemployment benefits through traditional state programs. And to your other point, uh, you know, it may be that someone is part of a a double income household. It may be that uh, for whatever reason, they're just not ready to go back to work or they haven't found the right job. And there's a mismatch because we had 22 million people lose their jobs during the height of the pandemic and downturn or the depths of the downturn in that iteration last year. Uh, And so many people moved on, literally moved, or the businesses that they were associated with either didn't need as many people going forward or some of those businesses or enterprises closed up shop. So, you know, it's difficult to close down an economy. It turns turns out that it's harder to reopen it, especially when we had trillions of dollars of fiscal stimulus, which, you know, one one can argue was needed, but there were unintended consequences to that, uh, leading to all kinds of bizarre things such as, uh, you know, lumber shortages and price increases. Earlier this week, some data came in on industrial production, which was able to give us a little bit of insight into the supply chain issues that we're dealing with. What did that information reveal to you? Well, industrial production uh, is being crimped uh, because of uh, the lack of supplies that are out there. Uh, And so, you know, you can think across the space of where that uh, exists. We're basically talking about utilities. We're talking about mines and we're talking about manufacturing. And so the overall number was down 1.3% and it's back below pre-pandemic levels, which is quite astonishing. Uh, And it was uh, below expectations as well. That was a September number. And another metric of that, uh, which is called capacity utilization, it's basically people can visualize this. It's almost like a batting average for industry in our country in terms of how much it is cranking out in total compared to its total capacity. And that number recently is at just above 75%. Uh, so uh, there, we can see industry operate at higher levels than that without creating inflation. Inflation is a function of the supply chain constraints we've been seeing more recently. And until industry, particularly manufacturing, uh, is able to get the supplies it needs until it's able to get the personnel, uh, the person power resource address, it's going to remain constrained. And the other part is demand is not uh, totally back to where it was before on a global level. And we think about the U.S. as an importer, but we're also a significant exporter. And 
Um, and, and that is constrained as well. I'm joined right now by senior economic analyst for Bankrate, Mark Hamrick. We're in the middle of third quarter earnings season. Some of the big banks came back with their earnings reports last week. That all looked good. This week, a lot of big tech companies coming back with their earnings. So far, earnings have been solid throughout the course of 2021. What can you tell us about these earnings reports, their impact on the market, and what it tells us about the overall economy? Well, uh, I'll be uh, transparent on this and say that's not something that we track, uh, you know, as closely at bank rates because it's not the space that we operate in. But obviously, I pay attention to it uh, for purposes so I can talk uh, to you and others about it. And I would just simply say, look at what the stock market's doing. Uh, the stock market is a, a forward-looking mechanism, and we basically have had a recovery from the roughly 5% pullback in the major averages or the uh, the blue chips um, that had been seen and people were sort of saying, oh, well, here we go again, sort of a typical September, uh, October phenomenon. And it feels like we've worked our way through that already as people react to these earnings. Uh, you know, the, uh, the earnings have been quite stellar up until this quarter. And the concern is, of course, that as we have had this limitation on uh, the economy's ability to operate, and that includes, you know, the participation of consumers and businesses. Essentially, we ratcheted back, for example, the forecast for third quarter GDP, the measure of total output of goods and services, the main measure of economic activity, and ratcheted it back by a significant level for the third quarter. And the thought is that we'll still be uh, above uh, the typical trend for the full year. Uh, right now, the estimates are running at about five, five and a half percent. It had been above six. Uh, so that's the cost of both the Delta variant and the supply chain constraints. And the Delta variant point should not be overlooked because, you know, that's hurt all kinds of things, including air travel and, and essentially the willingness of people to re-engage or engage at a higher level in the economy. Uh, so, you know, I think as we work on through the end of the year, um, lower income households are not faring as well as they were. And there are indications that some of those are going to actually spend less on holiday gift purchases. And those who are doing very well probably spend more uh, as a function of uh, both uh, wealth and income inequality, which was exacerbated by the pandemic downturn. Senior economic analyst for Bankrate, Mark Hamrick, with a weekly update on the U.S. economy. Mark, always appreciate the time and, and expertise. Thanks so much for coming on. My great pleasure, Ryan. Thank you for having me. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.